106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back, and by we, I definitely mean we. Welcome again, once again, to the Gig Podcast. This is episode 18. Thanks so much for joining us once again. My name is Elliot Lawrence. I am a bass player and music educator from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, currently living in Long Beach. And hallelujah, he is back. My dear friend, the lucky day to my dusty bottoms, the um, the uh, the J.P. Morgan to my chase, the winter soldier to my falcon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only Dominic White. What's up, Dominic? How you been? Hello, you son of a motherless goat. And that sounds like something J.P. Morgan would say, too. Or Dusty Bottoms. Or Dusty Bottoms. Well said. Well said. Um, Actually, I think it was Steve Martin's character, Ned. Was that Ned uh, Niederlander? No, Ned Niederlander was Martin Short, actually. Uh, oh, who who was Martin? Who was uh, uh, Steve Martin? Steve, okay, Lucky Day was Steve Martin. Dusty Bottoms was Chevy oh, okay. Chase. And Ned Niederlander... Um, the legendary marksman was the third three amigo in the uh, 80s comedy classic the three amigo i think it was the 80s was it the 80s so if if i were to quote dusty right i would say um you know our reward is that justice has been done exactly right? yeah, want, don't yeah. Want money. that was uh that was the quote quite as it kept that was a pretty good movie remember really good comedy movies it's been so long. They are a thing of the past. Yeah, for real. I mean, when's the last time you saw like something really, really funny, like in a movie theater? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You don't want to ask me though. I'm a huge snobby snob. Yes, you are. So it's part of I'm your not charm. A good barometer. Yeah, I guess. All right. So I know we got a lot of movie talk to do later on, but um, let's uh, let's save that. Let's circle back. Let's put a pin in that and circle back around to it. Um, and uh, let's sort of catch up. Uh, we missed you on the last couple of podcasts, but I know you've been working on the new album. So uh, you want to uh, you want to you want to hit me and hit the world to what you've been up to. Sure. Um, I'm I just finished my third album. It's being um, reviewed by CD Baby, which I don't really know what that entails. I think they just want to make sure that. You didn't, you know, just kind of scream into a, a tape recorder, uh, you know, all the worst words you can think of. You mean you're not allowed to do that? I, I'm sure you can, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know what they're reviewing it for. <laughs> but um, hopefully, uh, hopefully I make it. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's coming out soon. It should be out in a couple weeks. Oh, and Congratulations. Thanks. Um, yeah, and it's uh, kind of more uh, more on the synth, heavy on the synth side. Uh, although that's kind of my last album uh, dealing with synths for a while. Oh, for real? Um, yeah. Are we come, uh, are we going back to guitar? 
we're going to go i'm going to go back to kind of a uh what what i see as uh something that really um resonated with me when i was younger and still does uh kind of like a crosby stills and nash kind of like a folk vibe like folk music but without all the hillbillies and the and the crazy hatred and, and <laughs> well, more a- more more like hippie kind of right you're uh, gonna you're gonna reclaim uh you're gonna reclaim the uh the folk sound from the uh from the pretentious uh from the pretentious gen uh gen y gen zers gonna take it back to laurel canyon i am gonna i too am you know capable of having an album cover with me and my friends on the porch with no shoes on (laughs) you know maybe someone's got a rifle across their lap yeah but it's just a BB gun, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So my album it should be out very soon, and uh, I hope everybody likes it. Uh, so yeah, uh, look for uh, that coming out soon. What's the title? The title is American Fantasy, and it's Ooh. not a concept album, but it does deal with some themes uh, of the American fantasy. You know, both uh, embracing it, mocking it, uh, laughing at it. Uh, you know, caressing it, massaging it. Okay, we're um, getting a little too personal now. <laughs> y- yes, you you can fill in the rest, uh, right. but uh, it's it, it deals with a lot of a lot of uh, different themes. So those uh, all of those uh, sort of um, what the value system allegedly, supposedly is uh, for our nation collectively, which uh, we um, almost kind of feels like more and more lately. Like that value system is being compromised by the people that should be working the hardest to uphold it. Yeah, yeah, it's very much uh, deals with that, and it, and it deals with that on a very personal level. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, and, and and what I mean by that is uh, uh, not so much. Um, yes, the 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 kind of downfall of certain aspects of of our society is is like a central theme of the album but uh i i try not to be too overly uh um specific or preachy about certain things um although i know i can i can uh i have a tendency to do that but i try to (laughs) exactly so i try to hold back a little bit on being too specific about things, but also, you know, I'm not trying to pull punches or anything. Okay. All right. So it's, um, it's funny you should say it's, it's weird. It's there's kind of, it's a dangerous, it's a really tough balancing act sometimes when you're trying to talk about something that really means a lot to you and is really important. Um, but like, how do you make that poetic? Like, how do you make that, um, more- yeah. How do you make that like not sound crazy? Right. Right. Like I was in a, I was, um, I was in the studio with my uh, with my good friend, uh, Long Beach drummer Max McVitie. Shout out to Max. We still need to have him on the podcast, like I said we were going to do. Um, and anyway, I was in the studio with him yesterday, uh, working on some stuff. And uh, he was playing another thing that he was working on that was kind of a was kind of it was a song that somebody he was working with had recorded like just after George Floyd, and um, and uh, it was. Um, it was passion. It was like a, a cool tune, but the lyrics were very matter of fact. It was, uh, this happened. This is who I am. This is what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was, I felt like it was really great. And it's like an important song, 
but I couldn't help but feel like like a sense of artistry, at least lyrically wise, like a sense of artistry was sort of uh, lacking because it was too busy being like a news report, which I guess you got to do sometimes. But like it's a tough balancing act, like uh, the best example of somebody nailing the balance, I suppose, is probably what's going on. Marvin Marvin Gaye, like that stays poetic no matter how uh, how um, serious and directly he um, deals with the issues. So. Anyway, so yeah, it's like very true. What kind of mindset do you got to sort of put yourself in to try to or do you even when you're in the process of creating the music? Like, do you do you even worry about that? Do you think about that? Do you consider it like what's what's your yeah, what's that's, your process there? Well, uh, you know, that's a really good uh, question. Um, but I have uh, the luxury right now, at least of not really including that many lyrics. I have one song where I have uh this woman I met on Instagram, uh, this French lady, uh, super, super nice. Uh, she's been amazing. She's She just recites some uh, words that I came up with. But as far as lyrics, that's it. There's really nothing lyrically going on. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I have the luxury of not having to decide, you know, am I going to talk about, you know, explicitly – um, you know, the riots. Am I going to explicitly talk about COVID? Uh, I didn't have to think about that. Um, I, I, and, and I was, you know, really happy not to because <laughs> uh, right now in my, in my uh, music making career, you know, I am not really into expressing myself through vocal means, right. which may change later. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just right now, I'm just kind of into the into the synthesizers and 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 that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, yeah, again, and that's probably going to change later. I'll probably do like a vocal thing. And all right, so you raise an interesting point, though. If you're going more more instrumental, more sonic, and more and less lyrical, then how do you get across? How do you get across thematically what you're trying to get across? with the sonic elements you're using i mean okay sad song minor key you know uh something uh a big idea yeah, an yeah. important idea use a lot of big bombastic horns or whatever so like what's your what's your uh how do you approach a sonic palette um when you want to use it when you want to use it to get an idea across um you know it's so it's so interesting because i always uh you know i I, I want to have this and this and that, but whenever I start creating, it's like uh, this other force just kind of, kind of takes over and is like, "We're gonna make it like this, all right?" So, <laughs> okay, and and not in a bad way, and no, not I totally in a bad way. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, you got to surrender yourself to the process and let the process be what it's gonna be, whatever it is. Yeah, but you know, having said that, it's good to have uh, ideas of what you want. Um, initially because that helps shape the song uh, but yeah uh again i i like to come at the song with an idea um but uh again usually the idea just kind of happens and it just kind of like and and i'm this is coming from someone who does not experience synesthesia you know mm. the whole color relation to music right that i that does not enter my mind 
at all. Like colors and music to me, nope. Yeah, like same here. Not not that they don't uh, come together at all. That's not how my 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 mind thinks. But my mind does not hear a bass line and is like, oh, that's red, right? Or that's orange, or that's not. Right. That, I don't know. That that's alien to me. So I just think of. Uh, of feelings and moments and uh, and and things that were important to me or things that stuck out to me, moments in time. Uh, usually, feelings will help me write. Uh, uh, you know, when, whenever I want to think of an idea for a song, if I want to write about something, I'll be like, "Oh, that that," uh, or a dream. I'll write about dreams really? when I can, when I remember about <laughs> when I remember them. That's the tough part. I, Exactly, but when I do, uh, I get good results. But, but I, yeah, synesthesia overrated. <laughs> <laughs> synesthesia overrated. Um, we are in agreement. Like, I mean, when I'm, I mean, there are certain songs, certain sounds that I'll hear that I'll uh, associate with certain things. But those are all conscious, conscious remembrances of moments that I associate uh, with those, with those songs. Like, it's not a situation where I think. Um, navy blue when I hear a trumpet or anything. <laughs> right. That's not the way it works. Um, uh, at any yeah. rate, so uh, the album's coming out soon. I'm very, very happy to hear that. Looking forward to hearing it. So everybody listening in Gigland, make sure you keep your eyes and your, well, your ears primarily open for American Fantasy. It's coming at you soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, enough about you. Let's talk about me. Wow. I didn't mean for that to sound so arrogant. It was supposed to be funny. So, um, last, uh, so the last time we, uh, since the last time, uh, we spoke, I actually started a new church gig, which has been nice. an interesting experience because, uh, first of all, it's weird to actually be in a space like, like the church that I still consider my church. It's like, it still does zoom services. Frankly speaking, those are earlier on, so I can do both. Um, but like it's, um, it's in a space. So with people, they're real careful about the distancing and you have to wear a mask and they like temperature check everybody as soon as you walk in. Um, funny thing. I, I keep on, um, like twice now, the piano player has not shown up. So I've ended up having to play piano instead of bass for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, that's been interesting. It's, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't biff too bad, fortunately. Um, just, just no showed, huh? Well, uh, just, uh, you know, stuff happens sometimes. Flat stuff. Ha sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't want to be too judgmental. I mean, you know, you get a flat tire or something, you know, there's been a couple of situations where I was late for a gig because I got pulled over, you know, and that's, you know, it's like, if, don't if be mad at me, I, talk to the cop. <laughs> when, if someone didn't show up for a church gig, I was definitely not worried about it. I wasn't like, that son of a, it's just like, oh, well, someone, I guess he was busy or something. I mean, it's, it's a church gig. It's not like, I mean, it's not like it's not important. It's just like, I'm not really worried about it as far as. Someone not making it. I mean, you want everyone to be there, of but if someone's not there, it's just like, oh well, whatever. Something happened, right? Right. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not that I was worried so much about that person. It's just like, okay, so it's because at this particular thing, it's just a piano and uh, bass and drums. So 
if any one of those three things uh, goes away, it's like there's a there's a whole lot missing, you know. Right. Especially. If yeah, it's definitely. A, especially if it's a substitute drummer, which it was the one time. And um, yeah, so that ended up being kind of special. Um, so did that. Uh, that's been going on. It's been pretty cool, uh, except for the fact that the church is very, very conservative, um, like mm-hmm. mega conservative with some very traditionalist and conservative beliefs. And um I don't want to go. They always pay the best. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I remember the first time I played a Catholic mass. Like I, I, and you can say what you want about the Catholic Church, but I can tell you this: um, I played a, I played a Christmas Eve mass um, at a Catholic church out in the beach cities one time, and I walked in. I walked up to the music director. I said, "Hi, I'm Elliot, um, your substitute bass player." And I was actually the substitute for the substitute bass player. I was like, "Hey, I'm Elliot. I'm your substitute bass player." She took one look at me and said, here's your check. Nice. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I mean, whatever else you want. Here is the number one issue that you were thinking about, worrying about, out of the way. I mean, church, because let's be honest. I don't know if you've had this issue, but I know plenty of, plenty, plenty of, plenty church musicians who have, you know, got done playing the, uh, you know, playing the service and the service over and you, you're sitting around. And so one of the deacons or the music director or somebody will walk up to you and is like, Hey brother, let me, let me, let me talk to you for a minute. Come on over here. This, yeah. We, um, we're going to need to wait till next week to, to hit you off for today. Really, really sorry oh, about that. Yeah. Like, you just look at it like, um, that's not the way it works, buddy. You know, it's like, and that's unfortunately a lot more common uh, than it should be. Now, it, I suppose it is worth mentioning that, you know, that's always... Does that happened to you a lot? Uh, it's happened enough. I'll put it like that. Oh, it's happened... Gotcha. Uh, I'm not going to say it's happened more often than not, obviously, because, you know, you know, after the first time, you know, after the second time, you don't go back. Right. You know, um, but I, I can't say... I can't say it's only happened once, but I won't say it's happened multiple times, but for sure, for sure... Um, it never happened once in the same place. Like generally speaking, if it happens once, uh, it's a pretty logical assumption that, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, good luck with all of your stuff. And I'm not going to try to talk bad about what y'all are doing spiritually or, you know, in terms of trying to serve, but sure, this is not, not the move. This is right. not where I'm supposed to be at. If you, I mean, you could have, even if you'd have told me that, like before the service started, that this because this is a conversation we could have had, and for you to have this conversation with me after you've employed my services, that's pretty damn disingenuous. Um, so you know it, you know, calls into question whether or not the people you're dealing with, you know, are trustworthy. So. If that or when that happens, that's when you step off. Okay, you know what? I'll tell you what. Um, you, so you can pay me. You know, I'll come back. You know, you can pay me. Uh, you, can, you can't wait till next week to pay me. Uh, so you're going to have to figure out a way to hit me off over the course of the week. And then I'm just like, okay, see you later. Yeah, it's just going to keep happening. Right. So. Right, because yeah. if they see you, let them get away with it. Yeah. They They'll know that they can get away with it, you know, so you have to, you have to protect yourself. You have to, 
uh, have an awareness and, and you have to value yourself enough in the, the, the work you put in to being capable and a competent player or whatever. And the fact that you showed up, you know, on time. Um, anyway, so I forgot the point I was trying to make. Oh yeah. New church gig. So I got a new church gig. I also, and this is actually kind of a different thing for me. I, uh, got a vocal gig, got a gig doing a, doing a vocal for a, uh, cover that this, uh, guitar player is doing and I'm actually very I've been very very excited about that it's been really cool I've enjoyed it what's tr- the what's the song the song I don't think I'm allowed to say yet what? uh you know I I think I have to wait till secret it- song yeah yeah um but there's a clue buried in my most recent Instagram post <laughs> it's not a very good clue and it's not going to give it away <laughs> On the third hour of the fifth month, look to the east. When the sun (laughs) falls between the crack of the gate beyond the fence in the valley. I have no idea where where, where I was going with that. At any rate, um, there is a a clue in my... So if you're not following me on Instagram, I am at uh, BigPopTLC, B-I-G-P-O-P-T-L-C. Please follow me. I would love to follow you back. And Dominic, you are at? Um, I'm at Romantic Analog. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I think it's it's on Instagram. It's it's four underscores and then Romantic Analog. Four underscores. I know. It's uh, because if, if there's less underscores or more, then it'll look like Romantic Anal. Oh, okay. Which. <laughs> All right. I. Hadn't considered so, that. So you gotta you gotta watch it. You gotta be careful. Romantic. Um, that's a real romantic anal log. It's like yeah. it's like hooray for romantic anal, but my particular I mean I'm not promoting any kind of specific sex act. I would hope so not. it's it's just more on more focused on the music. Yeah. Although, you know, my one song could could be uh focused on a sex act. Who knows? Stay tuned. <laughs> What's your American fantasy? Ah, exactly. Yep. Nah. Um. Well, I mean, at the very least, um, <laughs> um, at the very least, it's not inconceivable that somebody might uh, uh, throw one of your records on when it's time to uh, have some quality time. You know. Hey, sure. I, I'd imagine that uh, that happens. You know, I never really considered that. But, you know, if you look at like if there's you ever consider the fact that somebody might be doing that with your music. Hey, you know what? Eh. I'm about to get busy. I think I'll throw on that romantic analog. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's possible. I'd say unlikely. <laughs> Well, you never know. You never know. I mean, most of the stuff I've done isn't really... Most of the recordings that I've released or whatever are not really conducive to that sort of behavior. Like, uh, yeah, there's nothing on Year of the Dragons album that I did with them that's going to make people want to get in bed. Um, It's more likely to make you want to grab a baseball bat. Uh, Shout out to Year of the Dragons. (laughs) Shout out to Dirty Walt and my old Year of the Dragon crew. Um, I miss my metal days. I miss my dreadlocks. Anyway, but no, so I'm uh, I'm doing a vocal. I I actually recorded it uh, two weeks for ago your, for your mystery song. Yeah, for the mystery song. And in the interest of facilitating a better vocal, uh, you may notice here in the FaceTime video, 
I got a brand new microphone. Um, nice. Didn't spend a lot of money. Uh, it's a, uh, you can probably hear me moving around now, listeners, uh, because it's, um, it's a, it's a unidirectional mic, if I, if I remember correctly. It is an Audio Technica P48, otherwise known as an AT2020. Um, and so honestly, it's omnidirectional. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, it is because I'm on the other side uh, of it now, deliberately. It is indeed omnidirectional. Thank you for helping me clear that up. Anyway, um, it's really great. It sounds, it's got a, like a really warm sound. So if I sound different today, that is why, because I'm <laughs> using a better mic. Um, uh, not, not, no disrespect to the mic I was using before, but um, it's just the standard sort of industry standard uh, Shure SM58 uh, vocal mic, which more than anything else is used for live situations. Um, cause like not particularly expensive, super durable, super durable. Um, uh, just a, and it's a, just a good quality piece of equipment. Um, it's a workhorse. It is a workhorse. It is rather a war horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. British movies. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so sorry, I saw 1917 the other day. That's the one that's like all one shot, right? Yes. Okay, I've been meaning to see that. Was it worth the time? I enjoyed it. Okay. I've been though. I'm I'm going kind of middle aged guy here. I'm like super into World War Two. You know, I've just been uh, watching like the Battle of Midway. Uh, you, oh, I saw letters from Iwo Jima recently. Oh, that's that the, was really that's the that one that good. Clint Eastwood direct, directed, right? Yeah, that was really good. I know a guy who was in that. Yeah, it was super cool because it was you know it uh, you know it showed the the other side. Uh, the other side is humans, obviously, and uh, and different. not as yeah yeah yeah. It was it's a good movie. I, I appreciate it. But yeah, I'm getting all into uh, <laughs> World War II now. So yeah, okay, just make sure you're going uh, you're rooting for the right side when you do, because that's uh, I mean, living in Orange County and all as you do. Yeah, let me stop. That ain't even funny. The other thing that was sort of um, worth mentioning about the vocal gig that I got um, is so I got this gig. I got this new mic. Mic sounds great. Uh, and here's the other really cool thing about it. It's the very first time I've, cause I've done vocal sessions before. This is the very first time I've ever produced one myself, which was an interesting, uh, process, uh, particularly, um, in terms of dealing with, uh, making sure I had like good ISO. Cause like, as you know, my, uh, my studio is just in my, uh, living space right here. And so I had to figure out a way to, um, to uh, make it so that I didn't get a whole lot of sound bleed, especially because they're doing construction out in front of my in, out in front of my building right now. So I'm not going to let anyone in on my secrets, but I will say that I ended up coming up with a, a pretty uh, extremely ghetto but very effective solution in terms of um, in terms of uh, recording the video. Um, I mean, recording the audio, the video is another story though. Cause like I, I was, I was super gorilla with that. Like I like jury rigged a mic stand out of a bicycle air pump, not a mic stand. I mean, a, I jury rigged a camera stand out of a bicycle air pump that I had taped in the upright position. 
And um, the really weird thing, the really challenging thing, challenging thing was controlling the light from outside. Like uh, you can you can see I've, I still got like stuff hanging up on the windows. I used a yoga mat there to cover that window. Um, nice. Yeah. But I ended up with some pretty good, uh, pretty good video. Um, so that should come out in the next. So is weeks. the video for a like music video or yes. what's the video for? It's uh, it's oh. a music video. Um, oh, okay. Kind of like a, a pandemic kind of a... One of those. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I see. Yeah. That's cool. And that should be coming out. I think they're going to be editing uh, starting on the 25th and I believe it should be out at the beginning of April. So uh, keep your ears and eyes open for that. It should be good. Now then, um, with that out the way... Yeah. I uh, I hear a bus coming down the street. Really? I think it's... It's uh, it's got a lot of people. They're all drunky. It's a party bus because I think it's time for the petty party. Hey, it's about that <laughs> okay. time. Um, so <coughs> I've been looking forward Excuse to this me. one. Uh, so this week, uh, some things I just kind of want to get off my chest here. Um, so basically, uh, and I'm guilty of this first one. So this first one's really hypocritical. Uh, but uh. <laughs> when people uh, don't have any other adjectives to describe something other than crazy, they'll just say it was crazy, it was so crazy. I get it, I do that. However, try and look for some other adjectives. Please, just a couple, and I will do the same. <laughs> I will do it, and you will do it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're all guilty of it. Um. Oh, uh, th- this other one. Uh, when people try to make it look like their pets are bobbing their heads to a beat, when <laughs> in actuality their owner's hands are like on their heads just off camera going like, ur, 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 just move your head to the beat. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's super funny. And it's like, it's like we all know that animals don't move their head to the beat ever for any reason like maybe it's happened a couple times in the history of anything but for the most part animals don't do that that's not the way it works (laughs) you're absolutely right um it's not yeah exactly so here's my question here's my question so it's not cool to do that manually so to speak but what if you do the thing where you have a piece of food oh i don't care if they do the animal and you're moving that piece of food up and down is that, That's fine is, is that too. Acceptable. Um, All methods are fine. I just think it's lame. <laughs> okay, just the concept of it is lame. I will say this: it was done to uh, scintillating effect by uh, the uh, the um, the group Outcast for the video. Um, Sorry, Miss Jackson. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, the whole video was a bunch of animals bobbing their head, right? Yeah, and you yep. can totally tell because like every animal. Like, they're not looking at the camera, or you could tell that whatever animal, it was a bunch of dogs, and, like, um, you could tell that they were looking at something in particular, and, like, like it had, they had that needy look that dogs get when they see a snack in front of them, and their owner or, or, or whoever is not giving the, the crap. That's the yeah. one. You're going to make that dog <laughs> cry if you don't give them that snack. And, and that's fine. Uh, that's a good idea. Um, but, you know, just like the kind of the TikTok sensation, the sweeping oh, 
videos that just pollute the internet. It's just like, uh, just stop doing that to your dog. Um, I will say this. I just actually, and I can't believe, I was actually pretty surprised that I did this. I got a TikTok. I started a TikTok. Oh, it it starts. Uh, I forgive you. Okay. Uh, (laughs) When kids use letters instead of, okay. So, like, if a kid says WTF, and I get they're trying to not say the F-bomb, but WTF takes longer to say than what the fuck. What the fuck is three syllables. WTF is five. Yeah. So, just, you know, just make sure your, abbre- your abbreviations are your... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Actually um, brief? Yeah, that, that they're serving their purpose and they're not self-defeating. Um, so what acronym, you're saying is... Right? So what you're saying is it doesn't make any sense to say half a dozen instead of saying six. Um, I demand efficient speech at all times. There's nothing wrong with um, uh, Okay, uh, so this other one, um, there are two types of people in this world. Are you ready? I'm ready. Two types. Julie Andrews. Yes, here it comes. Okay. Or... Audrey Hepburn. What the fuck? <laughs> WTF, Dominic. You're like speaking of, sir. Please okay. explain. Because I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about My Fair Lady and how Julie Andrews did it on Broadway and just like knocked it out of the park. Didn't get the movie. But who got the movie? Audrey freaking breakfast at dumbass Tiffany's Hepburn. Really? Who, who can't sing, who had the singing dubbed. Wow. But anyways. I did but not know that. I'm fine. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> it's anyways. Interesting how that happens. Um, I, I think I like Julie Andrews. She's awesome. Okay. So um, okay. There's two kinds of people in this world, Julie Andrews. Okay, so which one are you? I think you you know damn well the answer to that <laughs> I question. I think I do. Um, much as I hate to say it, that's not particularly uncommon. Uh, I can think of two other examples just off the top of my head. The Wiz, which was the urbanized remake of The Wizard of Oz, which if you haven't seen, you're missing a really, really great, great... Um, Sydney, Sydney Lumet movie? Uh, look at you. Look at you, Dominic, with the, uh, with the knowledge base. <laughs> So yeah, um, Sidney Lumet did the movie, but it was originally a um, it was originally a uh, touring show. Um, and uh, oh, fun fact: uh, our dear fr- uh, dear friend of the podcast and a uh, very very dear friend of ours, uh, longtime collaborator Desiree De- Desiree Dennis Dillon. Um, her mom was in the original. What's up, Desiree? Huh? I said, "What's up, Desiree?" She's doing all right. She's uh, she's staying busy. Uh, we're gonna have her in on the podcast one of these days. But uh, her mom, yes. one of my favorite people in the whole world, Carol Dennis, um, was in the original touring cast of The Wiz. Um, so there's your fun fact for the day. Um, anyway, so that's awesome, man. In the original, in the original Broadway show, in the stage show, it was a singer named Stephanie Mills who had been signed to Motown. And, um, you know, a pretty good singer, actually. Really knew what she was doing. And it was a great show, very well received. But when they financed a movie for it, it was not Stephanie Mills. Famously, it was Diana Ross. Um, 
Well, you know, that that's Diana Ross can sing at least. Well, that's true. So <laughs> I did. Okay, here's one for you. That's not that's not as a, a big of a slap in the face as the other one. Okay, well, how about this one? If we're looking for a big slap in the face, um, when they did a film version of Rent um, in the original Broadway show, the uh, Mimi character was played by a singer named Daphne Rubin Vega. Whom, when they put it on film, they replaced with Rosario Dawson. Now, I will say this, and I might get in a little trouble for this. Um, I stage managed Daphne Rubin Vega in a show uh, a while back, a long time ago. Uh oh, here it comes. And uh, replacing her with Rosario Dawson was. Um, was not necessarily the wrong choice at all. It certainly was not a downgrade in her little town. Ooh, shame on me. Talking Ooh, the bad Broadway about community is going to kick yeah. your ass. They're going to hate me so much. I was just, I'm just saying, Rosario Dawson, I mean, she, she, was, she was great in Josie and the Pussycats. That was a joke. At any rate, um, so she, um, so point being, it's not uncommon to replace somebody with a, a bigger name, a name they think will sell more tickets. Because you know, you if you're making, you know, you can, you know, it's easier to make your money back on a, on a stage show than it is on a feature film, especially if it's going national. You want to make sure that the money that you put into making the movie happen, you know, you recoup your investment. So I would have, I would have used that. Maybe not so much Audrey Hepburn because you're dealing with a significant uh, drop in uh, vocal quality. Total drop in vocal quality. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, this is kind of the meat of, of my thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, not feeling Rob Zombie. Uh, his movies are awful. Ow! Uh, uh, John Carpenter called him a liar. Um, uh, I can't stand his hot rod, <laughs> Satan, hillbilly bullshit. Uh, when I watch his movies, I'm always just thinking like, okay, I hate every character in this movie. Like, uh, good job on making me hate everything about this movie. Uh, and then... So you hated uh, all thousand corpses then? Uh, <laughs> not my thing. And, and usually it's just violence for violence sake. And it's like, it's like fear porn, violence porn. It's like... For, just to give you an example, uh, in in Devil's Rejects or whatever, uh-huh. a guy a guy holds a gun to this girl's vajay. What? And I'm just yeah, and I'm just like, okay, I'm good. Uh, to what <laughs> I'm purpose? Just, I mean, I'm just like watching the movie, and I'm just like, uh, cinema, you know. <laughs> Like this is just ridiculous, uh, you know. And and I'm not, you know, whatever. That's fine. If people want to go see that, that's totally fine. I'm not nothing against that. But like, I'm just like, that's not why I go to the movies. Um, so shame on you, sir, zombie. Um, uh, and also, okay, and moving on from that. Um, but yeah, Rob Zombie, annoying. And as a filmmaker or as a, I don't, don't want to use the word musician because uh, I don't think he plays any instruments. He's not, you know, I'm not saying he's like completely, uh, uh, you know, he's he's good at what he does, uh, his music stuff, you know, his 
And it's like cool. It's fine. That's weird. You sounded just like him. I give it up. That's the best Rob Zombie I've ever heard in my entire life. He's good at the thing. At the thing. He's good at the metal. Although I'm not sure how much of that song was his idea. But anyways, um, he's good at what he does, and I give it up for that. But no, the movies are just just depression, despair, violence in the worst possible way. I I just I can't stand any of that stuff. It sucks. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, so so moving on, I just really I wanted to say uh, I'm almost done. Take your time. Just bear with me, folks. We're almost the light is is uh, as appearing at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Um, so uh, these vaccine scientists, oh, and by that I mean people who don't give a shit about science, but all of a sudden when this vaccine comes out, yeah, they're just starts. like, you know, what I heard is they what they did was they took a, a dead lamb's head. And uh, what they did was, uh, y'all better check out. It's just like, uh, oh, my God. These people who never gave a shit about scientists are all of a sudden experts. These are the same people that, like, deny the fuck out of science when you talk to them about, uh, I don't know, gender dysphoria or climate change. But all of a sudden, you know, they understand the difference between RNA and DNA. It's like... It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that just makes your head explode. Okay. So who's worse, them or the Q, QAnon people that still are 100% certain that actually Donald Trump is still president? Uh, I'd say QAnon's a li- marginally a little worse. Yeah. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of intersectionality there, so, you know. Um, oh, uh, uh, we're done. Really? See? I just distracted you in the dentist chair by telling you a story, and then that's it. The, the filling's done. And a lovely story it was. Congratulations, and thank you <laughs> for another uh, fascinating and fun edition of The Petty Party. ba ba da ba All right, so um, I had a big geek end that I wanted to talk to you about. And uh, by geek end, I mean uh, I did a bunch of really um, engaged all of my geek stuff Um which I really didn't have any choice. The primary uh, focus, the anchor of my geek end, was um, the making the four-hour, two-minute commitment to Zack Snyder's uh, recut extended version of the Justice League. By any chance, did you get to see it? Uh, the uh, I've seen the movie Justice League. Okay. Then you, and I'm not sure if I saw the extended one. You definitely did not because prior to this past Friday, it had not been released to the public. But what ha- happened oh, was, <laughs> um, quiet as is kept and much as, I mean, this is, um, it's, not an eight, it's not an overstatement to say that uh, pretty much everybody was dissatisfied with the, um, a lot of people were um, dissatisfied with the theatrical release of Justice League when it first came out in 2017. I was confused. I was like, what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> Elaborate on that. Can you tell me why you felt that? <clears throat> way? Well, I think uh, I know. The... I just want, I just want you to sort of elaborate on it. 
the action scenes were just confused. Like the subway thing, it's like really in a subway, and it's like, and it was just all close quarters and just just a crappy low visual uh, setting. You guys could have picked like a number of of cooler spots. Like mm-hmm. take a page from Marvel's book on that. Like it's it's funny you should say that. They're they're t- like visually DC is. <sighs> and, and not only visually, just story-wise, it's they're yeah. just oh, it's 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 sad. Well, I'll say this: um, the great irony. Not totally sad. They, I'm sure they have their saving graces. Well, I'll tell but... you this: DC, in terms of animated uh, production, uh, is vastly is is doing vastly superior work to what Marvel is doing. I know we talked about that a little bit, I think, when when uh, Michael was here. No, we talked about DC's animated stuff being great, but not about how great it is comparatively to the Marvel stuff. Um, you know, just just to take a quick, quick uh-oh. side tangent. Side tangent. Uh, um, I, I have something to show you, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep the audience clued in. Okay. So Dominic is holding a uh, card. It looks like a a pack of cards. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Um, Geek credentials verified. Dominic is showing me a brand new, apparently mint, unopened uh, 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 pack of collector's cards from Skycaps featuring images from the Nightfall uh, storyline that they did in Batman. Uh, in Batman, should, should I open it live? Well, I mean, nobody's gonna listen to it live. We but. can put. The, we can. Oh, I'm not. I'm not recording this. There's no way to record this video. Um, perhaps I'll tell you what. Don't no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it? it. We'll shoot video and we'll put it up on. Uh, we'll put it up <laughs> on the gig Facebook page. I always say we're gonna okay. put something on the Facebook page and we don't. We're done. We're gonna do it with this though. We're I could do it. I could do one now and one later. Oh, you have another one. Yeah. Okay, hold on. You know what? This is what we're going to do. All right, have at it. Camera's rolling. So Dominic right now is opening his limited edition Nightfall Collector's Cards by Skycaps from 1992, was it? Look, Um, this man just pulled out Pogs. Look, would you look at those? He's got pogs. Is there a slammer in there? Do you have a slammer? No. Or is it just pogs? We, uh, check it out. Okay. But there is one. I can show you in a sec. Okay. All right. That is a picture of uh, John Paul Valley in his Azrael Batman costume. And that is a picture of Edward Nigma, otherwise known as the Riddler, famously played by Frank Gorshin in the Batman TV show. Uh, got a Two-Face uh, Batman card there. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, Pog there. Uh, yeah, Batman losing his ish. No more blood. And when Batman loses <laughs> his, his ish, you know some some real shit is going on. What do we got here? Uh, what is that? Pull it back a little bit. Bringing down Bane. Okay, so this is... Uh, <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Batman got his back broken and had to be replaced by a friend. And that friend kicked Bane's ass. But he had armor, and this is the last one, sort of Azrael, and um, yeah, yeah, we are some nerdy motherfuckers, but live. <laughs> but it would seem to me that it's kind of a good thing to be these days. It's funny, like 
Uh, people used to clown uh, kids. When I was growing up, people clown the fuck out of you if you were into comic books and superheroes and stuff or, or role-playing games. But now, like, all the most popular movies are based on comic book characters. And even the jockiest of jocks play role-playing games. They just call them fantasy football. So you just call it, yeah, I call it, oh yeah, and LARPing. LARPing. Now, LARPing I'm not as familiar with, but <laughs> I know it's a thing. But it's funny. Like, what I came to realize is uh, the Bible must have translated incorrectly. It's not blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's blessed are the geek, for they shall inherit the earth. Sure. I'm sure there's some kind of, uh, you could, you know, explain the uh word meek and it's changed to geek there there could be some kind of yeah yeah similarity there oh, i'm certain i'm certain because most of the geeks i know well actually i shouldn't say they're all meek because like one of the hallmarks of geekdom is being very passionate about your uh about your hobbies anyway so saw the justice league movie uh brief synopsis of what happened uh zack snyder was hired by dc to sort of run their cinematic universe in the same way the Russo brothers were done uh were were running the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh so he did Man of Steel. It was well enough received. People didn't like that Superman <sighs> killed somebody. Uh then there was Batman versus Superman and Broody, Broody Superman. Broody, yeah. It was very that's what it was. It was like <laughs> Superman is supposed to be cheerful and optimistic and uh, Henry Cavill Not had a scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, but it, I mean, honestly, in today's society, it kind of made sense to like consider what a Superman would look like and people's reaction and perception of him. You know, I miss the Christopher Reeve just, Hey, I'm, uh, just trying to do good. Yeah. Just, that's all. Well, I mean, and so do I, we all have that, uh, <laughs> we all have that sense of nostalgia for that. But I mean, it's 2000, it's the, it's the second decade of the 21st century. Actually, it's the third decade at this point, so we gotta we gotta keep it funky. And this is what this is how people would react to a strange visitor from another planet. You know, they'd be some people would be freaked out, some people would hate him, some people would be like, "Oh, this is the second coming," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So then came Batman versus Superman, which influenced, which introduced, um, uh, Batman as played by Ben Affleck, aka Batfleck, who personally is my favorite take on the character since Michael Keaton, who, by the way, is a Pittsburgh native. Anyway, so did a couple of... I was going to say, you aren't going to blaspheme never, Keaton, who, never. who is the best. Not no, I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that, not in a million years. Uh, but with that said... I would never. I think Ben, ben Affleck did a great job with the character. Um, he did. I, I, I enjoyed it also. And I don't... Okay, so just a little random side note. Get you, Let me get your thoughts on this. Uh, geek to Geek. Um, they made a very, very big deal out of Tom Hardy's Bane in the Nolan Batman series <laughs> about how Tom he was just Hardy. so brutal. I'm, he's so brutal. And he's just a, <laughs> just this force of nature that just beats oh, and yeah. kills. And it, like, for my money, like, I feel like Ben Affleck's Batman would beat the fuck out of Tom Hardy's Bane, like it wouldn't even be close. He wasn't even that big. He wasn't. Bane in in the comics was huge. Yeah, yeah, like significantly larger than a than a standard human being because he was pumped up he with all kinds of drugs. And... Yeah, yeah, you know what? He should have been like at least Arnold size. If it was Arnold size, it's like okay, now, admit, I buy that right. as Bane. Now, admittedly, Tom Hardy did bulk up to play the role, but 
Eh, not enough. Sorry. Yeah. Not enough. You know, and on a, yeah. A, a, a bigger, tougher vein. Like, I just, I look at. And look, what's with, with the, the, the fur coats and, and the mouth thing? I, what what was that about? I, I got to be honest. I kind of dug the coat. I'd wear the I, fuck out of that coat. Okay. That Well, now we're just, that just stems more from my dislike of Christopher Nolan's take on, on Batman. Fair. But I do like. Swear to me. Batman Begins. Batman Begins is cool. That's oh, a fine film. I, t- I I like that interpretation, sure. but that's when we get into the second and third movies, we get into trouble. Well, that's so. the same thing that happened with the Burton ones, but I digress. Anyway, sure. so Zack Snyder, uh, you know, he queues up his Justice League movie, and he gets a bunch of the way through it, but then his daughter passes away, so he has to step away. And so Warner Brothers gets uh, Joss Whedon, who actually also did the first two Avengers movies. They get him to come in and sort of finish up. And uh, they release Justice League, and it's almost universally panned. I mean, it's fun, and it makes some money, but everybody's like, this sucks. This is just a badly made movie. It's badly executed. You could actually tell the things that were shot by Whedon. You could see where you could, like there was a clear dividing line. And personally, after seeing the for the actual Snyder cut, I'm gonna just put it like this: moving forward, Joss Whedon should never be trusted with anything ever again. <laughs> not to walk never a dog. Let him near a camera. No, not a can, not a camera, not a damn thing. Not to walk a d. He shouldn't be trusted to walk a dog. He shouldn't be trusted to make a sandwich. He shouldn't be trusted to fix a tire. Like. Joss Whedon needs to be, like, excommunicated from life. It's just... <laughs> wow. Like, that's just how <laughs> garbage... Like, and it's funny because, like, I knew I knew Justice League wasn't a great movie when I first went to see it, uh, when it first came out. Um, but it just seeing what could have been now... Um, Back, seeing what back then could have been back then instead of us having to wait for until now for it to happen. And let's be honest, it probably at the end of the day only happened because of a like you had fans virtually from day one saying, hey, release a Snyder cut. We know that there's a new cut of this movie and Warner Brothers denied the fuck out of it. They were like, no, 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 this is it. This is all there is. There's no other footage. There's no come to find out. There's so much more. There's so much more, and just the fan ire, just it got too much, and uh, shockingly, a big company gave people what they wanted. Um, and I think, I think the pandemic ended up being a factor too. Don't quote me on that. I just feel like it was. Um, sure. Anyway, so yeah, it's four hours long, and it's worth the time commitment. Frankly, it was great. It fleshed out the story. It, um, it you you got a lot more. Uh, backstory and context for a lot of characters that got none. Um, most uh, most significantly, um, the uh, cyborg character played by Ray Fisher. Like you got to really understand uh, where he was coming from and why, and what his whole motivation was. You got a real story, and you like you come to realize, oh damn, he's the actual heart of the movie. And they completely, almost in the original theatrical release, just took that out. Just you know, fuck Ray Fisher, fuck Cyborg, and fuck this story that Zack Snyder uh, meant to tell. Come to find out. I was, see. Yeah, it was just a bunch of garbage. Um, anyway, so I am very, very glad to say that um, the Justice League film was worth, the, as done by Zack Snyder, vastly superior, literally in every way. And I'll tell you, um, 
Uh, segue alert. I tell you who really deserved better. Um, at the um, for the closing credits to the uh, theatrical release of Justice League, they had Gary Clark Jr. cover "Come Together." Right now, if I'm Gary Clark Jr. and I do this pretty damn good cover of this song, I'm pissed off that it's going to be associated now and forever with this garbage ass movie. So mm. I think. In it, it, so Joss Whedon owes an apology, and the, and also let's and my friend uh, my friend Ian reminded me it wasn't just Joss Whedon it was a whole bunch of studio execs too uh, at Warner Brothers saying oh no we this t- this tests well with focus groups so we want you to throw in this kind of scene too and let's try to make it funny uh, have you paid attention to the last two movies that Snack Snyder Zack Snyder did these aren't supposed to be comedies. Like that. They're trying to be like let's let's uh, let's do a comedic beat like uh, Marvel does, yeah, right? That's exactly People what they like did. That. They, tr- they tried to do the same kind of comedic stuff that like like Deadpool, right? Or Robert Downey Jr. threw off some real like he made comedy work in a relatively heavy context in in, in Infinity War and in the first Avengers movie. It's like, but that's a, <laughs> that's a tough balancing act and you need a Robert Downey Jr. to to make that sort of thing work. And uh, they didn't have anybody with that kind of chops, honestly, to be frank. They, in, you in know Justice what they need League. to do? They need to just make Batman the new Tony Stark. He just needs to be mouthing off all the time and be like, yeah, that's a good idea, you fucking idiot. That's Jeez. Good. That, well, I'm, I'm surrounded by morons over here. Uh, nobody wants that. They're, and he's from and he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. It's like oh, <laughs> um, take take it on take it on the arches, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, um, and I think they've retconned this since, but Gotham City is actually supposed to be kind of an analog of Chicago. Oh, okay. They try okay. to act like that's not true, but um, I remember. For a long time. I just think of Gotham City like Gotham. Okay, Gotham City to me Mm -hmm. seems much more New York y than Chicago y. Seems much more East Coast. Well, see, here's the thing Metropolis is supposed to be an analog for New York, with the exception (laughs) of the fact that New York actually exists in the DC universe and quiet as is kept. And again, this is something they retconned, but like in the early mid '90s, Metropolis was supposed to be sort of in northern New Jersey somewhere. So where's Gotham? Chicago. Is <laughs> I don't know. Gotham. It gets it, it gets complicated, <laughs> but um, Gothcago. Gothcago, <laughs> Chicago. Um, at any rate, um, Zack Snyder's Sh- Justice League worth every hour of those four hours. And um, um, in reference to what I was saying about Gary Clark, that actually brings me to my song of the podcast. I don't want to say song of the week because it's been like two or three weeks since we did the last one. So um, this is a song uh, that I picked. Um, This song is always appropriate, but I feel like it's really appropriate right now just because of... um, a lot of what we're seeing from a certain demographic in the American population who tends to feel like, uh, you know, I'm talking about the folks who say things like, uh, go back where you come from. The kind of people that Uh act like this is their country and not my country or not the country of uh, some of my Latino friends or some of my Asian friends or 
whatever. So this song um, speaks to that issue and it speaks to how like it's like really bullshit to try to deny that I have a place here. Um, Gary Clark is a probably the if not the he's definitely the most popular uh, blues guitar player like sort of in the cultural firmament at the moment. But um, he's also one of the best, and that's cool. Um, it's always nice to see somebody who deserves to be widely recognized because of the work they put in uh, get widely recognized for the work they put in. So this is uh, from his last album. It won a Grammy, and that makes me happy. Um, and the name of this song is This Land. This is Gary Clark Jr. with This Land.
best hook ever. Fuck you. I'm America's son. This is where I come from. Gary Clark Jr., This Land. Go find the video on YouTube also because it is awesome. Um, I would tell you to find it on MTV, but yeah, right. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it just speaks to, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but I want to let you get to your song. But it just speaks to what's going on with, you know, whose country is it and that sort of thing. Uh, Dominic, what you got for us? Uh, this podcast, I have, um, a song that I remember from my childhood when I was, uh, sitting in front of the TV watching infomercials. Oh, wow. But wait, there's more. Yes. (laughs) And it's, uh, the song is called Return to Innocence. Oh my gosh. You're taking it back that far? Whoa. (laughs) I heard this song actually being made fun of, and I remember I was like, "Hey, but I actually like that song," and and I had to go and find it and listen to it. So, for your nostalgia pleasure, here is uh, "Return to Innocence" by Enigma.
that was Return to Innocence by Enigma, as you so sonorously heard by myself. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I never thought I would end up being as nostalgic for the 90s as I have ended up being, man. I, I, I tried to put a little, uh, what is it? Oh, Aaron Neville on it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I hope you all enjoyed that little ditty. Well, I know I did, for sure, for sure. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us, Dominic. That was Return to Innocence. I feel I feel so innocent now. I feel bad about some of the stuff we've talked about. I know. We're, we're now... Little babes yes. in the womb before the world tainted us. I wish we could stay there, but unfortunately, uh, a couple of <laughs> jackasses have started shooting people up again. And so here we are. Pandemic must be over because mass shootings have come back, uh, including one that was um, racially motivated. Um, so thanks a lot to all you sons of bitches out there who pinned and pointed the pandemic on our um, Pacific Islander and Asian brothers and sisters. Cause fuck you. Um, just like, I'm so sick of hearing stories about uh, people being hurt and losing quality of life because of what they are as if they had a choice in the matter. Um, and it like, uh, I guess there's just, I mean, you, you want to say that hopefully there's some such thing as it, if not a post-racial society, a society where, and I, uh, where race doesn't work against you as often as not, but if there is, we're not there yet. Um, and, uh, there was another one as of this, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, there was another, today's the third, uh, the 23rd, I should say of March yesterday, there was another shooting, um, at a, I think it was a grocery store in Denver. I know it was Colorado for sure. And um, no one knows what the motivation for that is, but yeah. Hmm. <sighs> that train is never late, is it? Yeah, I know. It's it's getting so, so painfully predictable. Right. And what I find myself really, really concerned about, and I think I may have mentioned this, in a previous podcast is I really worry that I'm going to end up being like desensitized to it. So it just ends up being like, Oh yeah, another shooting. I really don't want to get like that because I, I was thinking about this this morning and I was thinking about it in terms of uh, the shooting from yesterday. And so it's like 10 people are dead now. And like, it's a logic, you know, every single one of those people woke up yesterday morning and started thinking about, um, I don't know, a doctor's appointment they may have had next week or, a trip they were going to take or somebody they were planning on calling today. And none of that gets to happen now. And that just is really messing with my head and it's pretty heartbreaking. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I was, I was watching part of the video and oh, it's freaking, uh, it's really, I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I hate watching stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what needs to happen, but I know something needs to happen. And people, you know, there's a certain, you know, there are certain people out there who try to be like, well, uh, there's there's nothing we can do about it because, well, no, there's something we can do about it. We haven't figured it out yet, but we can't tap out 
on doing something about it because we don't know exactly what to do. So it's like, get your head out of your ass and stop getting caught up in your mis misappropriated notions of quote unquote freedom. <laughs> yeah. Basically just never listen to hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so <laughs> good that anything. you're reclaiming uh folky music for your next record. Speaking of which I want to play on that. Um, yes, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a, a collaborative project. It's not going to be all, you know, me, you know, Dark Synth Lord in my layer. You know, it's not going to be like that. Synth Lord. Synth Lord. Yes. They they always work in twos. Synth Lords. Only a synth deals in uh, Ableton and Moog. Yeah. I thought that'd be much. <laughs> Thank you for getting that. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So what you got next couple of days? What's okay. So uh, the record is coming out in... Uh, couple of weeks american fantasy um what else is going on anything else worth mentioning um, anything else you want to put on the table before we uh pull the train into the station after you know being in the studio long nights and you know getting mysterious texts from uh -oh. you know very very attractive uh -oh. women late at night uh -oh. um uh and oh lots of overhead camera shots of them walking in the desert and then me checking my phone a lot, you know, just kind of, oh, oh whatever. So, oh, so uh, you actually invested in the drone then? Do, 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 do <laughs> something. Sorry, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, oh, you draked. Um, oh, you were draking again. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I just realized that I never do, do, told people do, who it was do, that Drake's uh, family member was. It's so much more important than him. Like four episodes have gone by at this point. You know the what? I'm going to save it. Will be revealed. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for. Oh, not, delayed. Yeah, yeah. This is your delayed gratification. This is. Oh, you got to be quicker than that. Not just yet. Anyway. Um, so well, so since since I've been recording and and been in the studio so long, I'm obviously going to take vacation somewhere. Oh, good. So Very good. My vacation is going to be. Either A, here, my house. A staycation. <laughs> or A, B, going to go to uh, Bristlecone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that. Bristlecone National Forest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should go. It'll be fun. That's right. Because uh, you got a birthday coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to be, and what, 22, 23? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gonna be twenty one. No, uh, I'm gonna be thirty nine. Wow, wow. Yep. You're gonna miss thirty eight. <laughs> Just remember, um, Dominic, you're not pushing forty. You're pulling thirty and losing your grip. Hey. Anyway, so remember. Can you tell uh, a very wise story? So there I was in the Congo, naked, with a meat cleaver and a water balloon. And I looked to my left, and I looked to my right, and I could tell by the barks on the trees that my PlayStation would never work again. And then I, it was then that I decided, now's the time for laughing gas. 
Excellent. Thank you. So, is it a safe bet that the uh, is it a safe bet that the uh, recorder is going to find its way into your next record? Uh, it, it's on uh, a track. Okay, good. Looking forward to it. On the track. All right. Well, um, we'll be listening for that recorder. Um, in the meantime, it's time for us to get up out of here, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Dominic and myself, I want to thank you once again for listening to the podcast. getting way too good at this um this notes for all of y'all thank you for listening please keep listening take care of each other uh be kind to each other and uh support the music you like support the people you know who are making music um it's getting better and uh live stuff is starting to come back and that's very exciting so uh if or when you get a chance to safely see some live music make sure you take it in the meantime thank you once again and we'll see you a little Further down the road, and we out. I could remember all the things you used to say when we were left alone. I'd have a book of sonnets so inspired, all the muses would print That we were something special to behold But now it's over, all over For she came barging through We were primed to make the kind of love As kids as for